Welcome to this episode of Come Follow Me, A Disciple's Journey. This episode, uh, we'll talk about section 59 of the Doctrine and Covenants. So, it's another section given in Jackson County. And you may recall the Knight family from earlier in this year's studies. So, Polly Knight was um, the matriarch of the family. Um, and she was very ill, but insisted on coming to and traveling to Missouri. Because she, before she died, she wanted to set foot on in where Zion would be, in Zion. Um, and so she did, and then the, a, a day later she died. And uh, they had a funeral for her, and then uh, shortly after the funeral, uh, Joseph Smith received Section 59 of the Doctrine and Covenants. Um, this is one of my favorite sections, uh, and because it has, there are two parts of this section that I think about quite often. Um, so the first part that I think about was going to those and then maybe pull a few quotes and things. So the first one is, uh, in verse nine, that thou mayest more fully keep thyself unspotted from the world. Thou shalt go to the house of prayer and offer up thy sacraments upon my holy day. I think about this all the time. Um, it goes it goes in, in verses 10, 11, 12, uh, and 13, the Lord continuing to talk about uh, Sabbath worship. Um, I remember back in, my, in the overview episode, I mentioned what Missouri was like and the kinds of people who were in Missouri and that they were known for not observing the Sabbath. So that's one, you know, kind of the the juxtaposition here that the Lord is saying, you will be my people and you will observe the Sabbath. But I, I think about this verse often because to me it shows the importance of gathering, especially over the last year, right, of 2020, um, when we were doing, you know, digital sacrament meetings and, and church meetings. And, you know, I'd have discussions with people and they'd ask me, what do you think? Or is this, is this here to stay? And my answer was always pretty much the same. That I think that I thought that the church would, would adapt to in some ways and, and offer some capabilities of, of doing things remotely for those who needed it, uh, for shut-in elderly uh, type people and, and things like that. But that I, I also, all along, thought that the church would move as swiftly as it could to normal two-hour full in-person church. And here where I am in Utah, that's exactly what happened. And now we're to a point here where we are going two hours uh, every Sunday. Uh, Masks even are just optional. Um, Everything's in person. We do still have a digital sacrament meeting for those who cannot come. Um, and uh, that is, you know, to, based on their own reasoning and, and with the bishop and things that are private, whatever. But as far as I know, this commandment in section 59 is still in force. That thou mayest more fully keep thyself unspotted from the world, thou shalt go to the house of prayer and offer up thy sacraments, uh, sacraments upon my holy day. There's a power that comes from gathering. 
Ephesians chapter 4 is a a section where Paul teaches us some of the purposes of the church as a body, as a people, as as coming together. It's so that we can become perfect together. So that we can be unified in our faith until we come to the fullness of the stature of Christ of Christ if our if our purpose is to gather Israel and build Zion then an important aspect of that is that we gather together it's a lot easier to build Zion when you see your ward family members week in and week out and more often too in activities and ministering and you see them face to face it's a lot easier to love people it's all and it's a lot harder to hold grudges it's a lot harder to, to hate them to separate yourselves into into the into different sex sex than different groups that the world wants to pull us into you know and in 2020 and 2021 the world wants to group us into masks and anti-masks and vaccine and anti-vaccine and left and right and black and white and if you if we let ourselves man peter peter satan desireth to sift thee right satan wants to sift us into these different groups but by going to church it's is that is one way in which we can overcome we can keep ourselves unspotted from the world the second uh, part of this section that I really like is uh, verse 21 and it says and in nothing doth man offend God or against none is his wrath kindled okay so that always that has always made my ears perk up like all right so what's the thing that is going to offend God what's the thing that's going to uh, cause him to have his wrath kindled. So, and in nothing doth man offend God, or against none is his wrath kindled, save those who confess not his hand in all things and obey not his commandments. Couple that with verse 7 Thou shalt thank the Lord thy God in all things. He just wants us to try, be obedient, and thank him, and acknowledge that it's his hand in things. Acknowledge that it's him that is the master of the universe, the master of the world. We read back in section 43 that he speaks with the voice of thunder and the voice of um, lightnings and tempests and earthquakes and hailstorms and famines and pestilences. Those things happen. Those things are happening. We need to acknowledge his hand in all things. And you're like, oh, those things are so bad and so terrible. But he hits him. It's hit. Like, you know, some people want to say, well, if God is just and loving, then why does he let these things happen? Why would a loving God be the one that's causing a sickness and a, and a pestilence and an earthquake? Listen, I, I'm not going to pretend that, like, I know the answer. I think I know some answers to that. But what I do know is that he himself told us in the Doctrine and Covenants that those are his voice, that those are him. And what did he tell us in those in those sections, in those verses? He told us that those are his voice, trying to remind us that he is all-powerful, trying to remind us to repent, saying, look here, look here, 
You know, if we if we're obedient and acknowledge His hand in all things, that doesn't mean no bad things happen. But it he it does mean he doesn't have to shout quite so loud. In my life, and in, and I think in your life, right? You probably can relate to this. There are actual literal hailstorms and earthquakes and pestilences and lightnings and thunderings but in my life there are also personal storms that I go through and though they come right They're, no matter what whether you're wicked or righteous it, it's you walk outside it's gonna it rains and it rains on the wicked and the and the righteous right and, and in our personal storms that they come no matter what but that said Sometimes in my life, they last longer than they should because he has to shout a little louder than he should have to because I'm not picking up on the message. I'm not hearing him. I'm not learning the lesson that I should learn. And so he has to say, he has to speak up a little louder. And the rain comes a little bit longer than it than needed. And then I realize the lesson and I say, oh, that's what that's what this was about. And the Lord says, "Oh, now you've got it." And then that storm subsides, recedes, and I think, "Man, I should have just learned that lesson way, way quicker." But anyway, I love this verse because it reminds me how important gratitude is. How easy it is to not have the wrath of the Lord kindled to not offend him there are a lot of things that you could think like oh this thing would offend God but like really if we try our hardest repent and every day every day every day thank him and acknowledge him then we're doing all right I also want to touch on verses 1 through 4. Uh, verses 2 and 3 specifically say, For those that live shall inherit the earth, and those that die shall rest from all their labors, and their works shall follow them, and they shall receive a crown in the mansion of my Father, which I have prepared for them. Yea, blessed are they whose feet stand upon the land of Zion, who have obeyed my gospel, for they shall receive their reward, the good things of this earth, and it shall bring forth it uh, in its strength. Look, in a coming day, Christ is, is going to come again. Before that day, things are going to get worse on earth. Wars, earthquakes, famine. Look, these things have been were prophesied by, by Christ himself and by almost every other prophet that's ever lived. But, section 59, verses 2 and 3, one through four, but these those verses I read two and three give me comfort because whether I live to see the day of the coming of Christ and set foot on Zion in in Missouri, or if I die before then, if I die in the war, if my family dies in the war, if if something I don't know, whatever, it doesn't matter. What matters is the righteous who live to see that day and the righteous who die before that day will both be crowned with glory because it's about building Zion where and when you are it's about 
allowing yourself to be gathered. It's about making and keeping sacred covenants and relying wholly upon the atoning power and mercy of Jesus Christ. And so, you know, whether I get that special call to go to Missouri, whether you get that, whether the the prophet says it's time to go, or if I die long before then, it doesn't matter. Because like Polly Knight, who set foot on the land of in Jackson County, but never lived to see Zion in Jackson County. We too can be crowned with glory because salvation and exaltation is not dependent upon the time in which we live because Jesus Christ is loving and merciful and just. Thanks for listening this week. Best of luck in your studies. I hope you'll join me next week as we continue our study uh, as we get into sections 60 through 62. I hope to talk to you soon, and good luck.